Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. If aliens are from other planets, what are those planets like? Can demons infest your house? Are there really demons, or what does that even mean? I sneaked in four questions. <laughs> well, welcome to the 923rd edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and usually Ben Eno coming to you from uh, 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 WOON AM-FM radio in Woonsocket, Rhode Island on the Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live on YouTube and via TuneIn.com. Well, today I'm Tim Swartz, and those cosmic questions come uh, from my uh, uh, co-host, I'll say partner in Paranormal Adventures and good friend Paul. Today we bring you an open line show with... uh, Paul and myself, Tim Schwartz. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, the young lad is uh, under the weather today, so we thought it uh, prudent that he uh, sit it out. So fortunately, we had Tim already scheduled, so Tim today is Ben for the day. <laughs> and uh, Tim is uh, Tim Schwartz, of course, is an Emmy Award-winning television producer, videographer. He's the author of a number of popular books. Tim has investigated unexplained phenomena all over the world and has appeared widely in the media. So, uh, Tim, welcome back to Behind the Paranormal. Hey, Paul, great to uh, be with you uh, once again uh, on uh, Behind the Paranormal, and uh, I'm so sorry to hear that uh, Ben is under the weather today. Well, um, at least he's not a meteorologist. Uh, they're rarely on top of it. So uh, <laughs> with that note, uh, let's begin uh, with our open lines, and uh, we are going to be doing a few unusual things today, but let's start with a question from our good friend Peter. Oh, that's right. We have a caller already. Let's start with Tracy, who's joining us um, on the show today. Tracy, welcome to WOON and Behind the Paranormal. Hey, how you doing today? Pretty fair. With, with here with Tim Schwartz. Tim Schwartz and uh, Ben is a little is uh, not feeling well today, so Tim's filling in. So you're out oh. with Paul and Tim. Yeah, I met Tim uh, a couple weeks ago. At one of his lectures, I'm Tracy. I'm from the Haunted Stanley Hotel. Okay, yeah. And I met you in Pine Bush, New York when I spoke there a few weeks ago. Is that correct? Yes. Good. Yes. So we're, we're uh, homies here. So so uh, what's on your mind today, Tracy? Um, Paul asked me to call into the show and uh, just do a live with him. So that's why I was calling. Okay. Now, you had a, a question you wanted to ask me, I believe, and uh, you can do it right here and now, and Tim can help. Answer. Okay, well, one, one of the things through the lecture I was uh, listening to, it was, it was quite interesting, your explanation on um, we have more than one instance of ourselves. Does that mean you totally do not believe in uh, ghosts? Spirits? Oh, okay. That, that's a good question. This is one of the toughest concepts in quantum awareness, as we call it. As, as I mentioned during the lecture, Ben and I have had to come up with an entirely new vocabulary just to talk about these things. Uh, and, you know, as I say, we could be wrong, but uh, I don't think so because it really has worked for me for the past uh, 40 years anyway, if not longer. 
So <clears throat> what the uh, idea is, uh, the, the term we use uh, is facets and the various versions of ourselves in the parallel worlds, if that is the correct theory, and most physicists believe it in one form or another now, uh, then mm-hmm. these facets of ourselves are, are, are different versions of ourselves. But the point is that it's all us. <clears throat> to put it rather simplistically, in our opinion, the uh, subconscious mind is actually made up of parallel lives that we're living uh, in other facets. And we are just as conscious in other times or in places in these parallel worlds as we are here. And it's really quite a, a, a rather elegant and simple concept once you get your head around it. So, uh, but, uh, and I believe that uh, you're onto something there about the ghost thing. Because when I started running in the late 70s, when I started running into ghosts of people who hadn't died yet, or people who were seeing ghosts of themselves, or people who were seeing um, even a whole village that was there one day and and wasn't there the next day when they went to see it again, I began to think this is not about dead people. And uh, when we run into into quote-unquote ghosts during a case, who are afraid of us because they think we're ghost haunting them. Uh, that that was another arrow in the quiver of, of that that concept. I was uh, I don't know uh, Jason Hawes very well. He's a Rhode Islander, and that's it's hard not to know other Rhode Islanders. The place is so small. But we were right. on the air together once a few years ago, and I, I must say I was rather impressed with him. He he uh, is open minded to new ideas, and he was discussing a case they had in a hotel. Where the quote-unquote ghost kept asking, kept asking them if they were from security, mm-hmm. and he said, "You know, where did that come from?" So, yeah, I, mean, I think ghosts. Th- there may be worlds in which you can be a spirit, uh, although not this one, according to physicists I've spoken with, uh, being a spirit that has the entire memory or or knowledge of of a deceased person without a body doesn't work under the laws of physics here. But in different worlds, there are different laws of physics, again, if this theory is correct. So is that does that answer your question at all? I mean, that, that's our opinion. I'd like to get Tim in here on this. Tim, what do you think of all this? You know our crazy ideas. Yeah, well, you know, I, I think that what you just brought up about uh, uh, there could actually be uh, other realities that uh, rather than having a, a, a solid body, it's, it's, it's a world of spirits. And uh, I I think that uh, that that really uh, hits it on the head for some of the experiences that that people have uh, with uh, uh, ghostly visitors that that claim that you know that these visitors claim that you know that, that they have passed on. Uh, but uh, you know I I love your theories about this this the whole idea of an infinite number of parallel realities that uh, our consciousness actually extends through all of them, that, that this world that we live in is, is not our only reality. We're just, you know, uh, because of our current state of mind, you know, we're just aware of this one. You know, I, I think that at night a lot of times when uh, you're dreaming, you actually are able to visit some of these uh, other realities, because all of that is existing at the same time. Yes, yes. Okay, what's that, Tracy? I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. 
I said, so you more like an astral projection, like an out-of-body experience visiting other dimensions. Well, I think that might be part of it. Go ahead, Tim. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, no. It's uh, um, you know, rather than visiting it, I mean, you're actually living it. You know, as as you are living this life right now, you are also living throughout all of these other different realities, as well as uh, 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 what we would uh, refer to as past lives and future lives. You know, because you know, time as as we think about it in the physical really doesn't exist. So. You know, when you have these experiences where people are remembering a past life, they're actually remembering a life that that is going on right now at the same time as as the as your present life. You know, I, I know that's difficult for a lot of people to to wrap their head around, but uh, you know, I think that uh, Paul and Ben's uh, ideas really do uh, fit very nicely within these concepts. Well, one of the things uh, I think I, I might have mentioned during the lecture, Tracy, is uh, the example of uh, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, certainly probably one of the greatest composers in the Western world. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, he, at the age of four, sat down and began composing brilliant piano concerti. Now, how does a four-year-old do that? Uh, one explanation would be that he was in touch where he with a, uh, a facet of himself where he already is, a uh, brilliant composer, you know that would be right. one explanation. So, so that's the thing. I don't know if we're um, answering your question or confusing you further, Tracy. <laughs> no, I, I can definitely grasp your concept. So, like, I, I obviously I work in a haunted hotel and I do tours. I speak to a lot of spirits through many different devices that tell me when they've died. I can trace this back. Okay, I think you dropped off there a bit. Uh, did we lose Tracy here? I don't know. Okay. Well, <clears throat> one of the things... Uh, oh, Tracy, you're still there? Okay. I'm afraid we lost her, but uh, <clears throat> she can call back if she wishes. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I'd like to know more about the uh, Haunted Hotel. Um, one, of our, one of our issues with, quote, talking to spirits, if that's what they really are, is how do you know what you're really talking to? And there are plenty of worlds where people are very aware, at least that we run into, that they have died in one world or another, whatever meaning that would have in a, in, in a multiverse where there are so many versions of you, including bodies, you know, physical manifestations as well. So uh, it's kind of the first day of school. Like, hey, the phone's ringing again. Maybe it's Tracy calling back. So uh, th these are all these are all things. Uh, Tim. Well, no, I no, I have to uh, uh, agree. I mean, just just because you are receiving you know messages through various electronic devices, you know, the same way with you know automatic writing, Ouija board, things like that. You know, I mean, you can't necessarily accept what is being told to you as the truth because I mean, as you well know, Paul, uh, there is uh, a lot of deception going on uh, with. Various, uh, you know, entities that uh, that love to interact with us and uh, gaslight us. <laughs> yeah, bit, parasites, so as we yeah. call. Them. Right, well, right. We have Tracy back, I believe. Tracy, you're back on the air. Yes, yes, we got disconnected. All right, life in the 21st century. Mm. Well, uh, tell us about your haunted hotel. Well, I speak to roughly 50 spirits reside here. Um, most of them will tell you the time period that they live, 
when they died, how they died. Um, that's where it was confusing to me with living interdimensional, like different periods in time, different instances of our lives. Because these people know that they've passed and they're still here with us. Well, we had we were talking about that a little. I don't think you heard us because you you were off the air. But we, uh, we're at least in our opinion, you have to be very careful of what you believe when these things tell you. Uh, and also, um, you know, it could be <clears throat> perfectly correct. I, I don't know. I've run into many um, people who said that they have departed their lives simply because they. Um, uh, we're in worlds where that was possible to apprehend that knowledge, uh, and, and to talk to the neighbors. Uh, I actually ran into that one time. In uh, people in parallel worlds, they didn't lock you up and fill your fill your pockets full of antipsychotic drugs. It was normal to talk to people from other worlds. Uh, all depends on the laws of physics. So um, I don't know. I would always uh, express uh, the, the need for caution. Uh, in these things, because at least I, I am always very wary of what I'm talking to. And I, Correct. you know, I, as I said in the lecture, I hated writing the last book because I always tell people don't do the medium thing. And then it sounds like I'm doing it myself. <laughs> but, um, the whole notion of death is, is slippery for me. If these people were dead, they wouldn't be doing anything. They wouldn't be saying anything. Why, why do we see them wearing clothes at times, even driving cars? Because they were in parallel worlds where they never died. That's our opinion. Uh, why else would they be so physical? So, so that's just the point I make. You know, take it or leave it. Tim? Well, uh, the, I think one of the main points about all of this is that our consciousness, uh, spirit, souls, whatever you want to call it, it's it, it's all pervasive. It's it's universal. And uh, there, I suppose that there could be uh, uh, times when uh, when you pass away from one physical body, and uh, uh, there, there, it's hard to articulate this. Sometimes there, there could be kind of like almost like a halfway point between your consciousness then uh, continuing on in these. Uh, becoming more uh, aware in these parallel realities where you actually experience a reality very similar to what would be described uh, all these centuries as the afterlife you know the uh, the, the the spring world and uh, or summer summerland I think is what it's called and, you know places like that before the trauma uh, of death in one reality, subsides and then uh it 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 uh, reawakens in these others i i'm i'm not i'm not telling this very well but you know perhaps uh, you, know, you know paul can uh explain it a little better but i mean you know i i, I do think that there may be times where you know, possibly under uh, a traumatic death situation where there is kind of like a, a resting Period for your consciousness before it reawakens in um, in one of these other realities. And remember, there's an infinite number of realities, so there's all kinds of different possibilities. In my opinion, well, we use the metaphor of, of a tree, uh, and the tree's got what a zillion leaves on it, and uh, you're not one leaf. The leaf falls off, hits the ground, and there's no more. 
you're the whole tree, not just the leaf. That, right. that, that that's that's the kind of thing we do. But uh, Tracy, I don't know. I don't know if I mentioned the case where I, I actually was uh, speaking with uh, th- these people were having footsteps in their attic. Uh, I came in and I had uh, already been experimenting with sort of getting into a meditative state and uh, not letting my guard down, but but seeing what I would meet. And I met a, a, a quote unquote ghost who was said he was trapped in a stone church in Virginia. Now, this is in Yonkers, New York, this attic, and uh, what Virginia had to do with it, I don't know. He had um, a memory of a plane, airplane in trouble, uh, so the the implication would be that the guy was the ghost of a guy who died in a plane crash, but what's he doing at a church in Virginia? As we spoke uh, over a period of three nights, his memory changed as we spoke. First of all, he was afraid of me because he saw me as, as like this mist by the pillar in this stone church. And at first he didn't know what he was doing there. He just had memory of this plane crash. But his memory changed as we spoke. By the end of the conversation, I think this is sporadic over three nights, he was the minister or priest at this church. I never got the name of the place. There are three churches um, of, made of stone in the Episcopal Church of, in Virginia. But the long story short, he just, everything, it was like he was making a transition to a life he was already living. And at the end, I actually heard the doors open and, and people come in and they were going to do choir practice. I mean, what? And I told them I was a seminary student at the time, which I was, and all this stuff. But the interesting thing was in the beginning, this quote-unquote ghost was living off food from the, the the kitchen in the basement of the church. So what does a ghost need food for? That's why, you know, I was really thinking, but at this point, the whole death thing has nothing to do with it. It just It's, it's a point of reference, if they even right. remember it. So th- these are all things to consider, I guess. They aren't any pat answers, but um, it's it's a bigger bigger concept than I think we, we often admit. So yeah. Okay. Well, Tracy, thank you very much for calling in, and uh, really appreciate it. We'll uh, see you in uh, February in Pine Bush, I guess, at the Supernatural well, Bowl. Excellent. I'll be there. Okay. Great. See you then. Thanks, Tracy. Thank okay. Bye. So let's uh, go on to a question from our um, uh, also a fellow co- uh, co-host here uh, on some shows, uh, Peter Shelley from uh, Bogota, Colombia, and Peter writes. Um, and this is uh, particularly for you, Tim. You're on. The, mm-hmm. You're in the spotlight here now. Yeah. Uh, number one, did you actually make contact with Krista Tilton, who claimed being taken to an underground Dulcie base? If so, what happened? Mm-hmm. And maybe give us a background on that whole concept. Too. Right, right. It 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 wasn't me, unfortunately. It was uh, the late uh, Timothy Green Beckley. Uh, who who had uh, uh, contact with with Krista and uh, you know uh, uh, quite a bit uh, over the over the years. I mean, uh, especially in the 1980s when all of this uh, type of activity and uh, information was first starting to to come out. And you know, uh, Tim always told me because. If if you read a lot of of what Krista has has written about about her experiences, 
it, it, they do seem to be kind of incredible. You know, I have to admit, and uh, and I had expressed my doubt about whether you know the legitimacy of what she was saying to Tim, and you know, uh, Tim is always was always willing to uh, uh, to give somebody the benefit uh, you know of the doubt, especially if they were you know an attractive <laughs> woman. No, I'm just yeah yeah, yeah I'm just kidding a uh, kidding a little bit, but uh, he always felt. From his conversations with her, that she really did have uh, uh, actual experiences. Uh, you know, he, he said, could she have embellished some of it? You know, as the years went by, very possibly. You know, a lot of people have a tendency you know, to do that uh, with unusual experiences in their life as time goes by because you know we all have a tendency to reevaluate and 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 question our own experiences as time goes by did it did it really happen this way you know were the things that i i was seeing did i interpret them correctly you know that sort of thing but uh, tim did feel that uh uh that her experience, especially uh, uh, being abducted and taken to what appeared to be underground facilities that were manned by both um, supposedly, you know, extraterrestrials. And again, that's an interpretation of sight, you know, because you have um, uh, creatures that are humanoid but don't appear to be human. So naturally, you know, we tend to think ah, extraterrestrials, you know, could be, you know, could be a lot of different things. Uh, but uh, uh, these underground facilities had both of uh, what appeared to be, you know, humanoid uh, entities and uh, military personnel. So, uh, uh, you know, Tim, Tim always felt that uh, uh, at, at least her initial experiences uh, uh, really did happen. And that uh, she had, um, uh, you know, others uh, as well later on that uh, that he felt were uh, were just as valid. So, but uh, you know, my my thing with a lot of these types of stories is that you you, you really have to be cautious and 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 look very deeply into what uh, the people are telling you. Look into their background, if if at all possible, because you know a lot of these people uh, uh, try to stay as anonymous as as possible, and and, and really um, uh, do a lot of vetting on uh, their stories, uh, their past, you know, their 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 previous life experiences before uh, these situations, and uh, and really just uh, you know judge for yourself. Uh, use your, your, as the police would call it, use your blue sense to uh, uh, try to get a better feel on uh, whether or not you're being told the truth or not. Because, you know, there's the truth and then there's the truth. You know, because a person can can really believe an interpretation of an experience that they had, which may not actually be the truth. You know, it may not be be factual because there mm-hmm. have been situations, especially with uh, the so-called uh, military encounters uh, that involve both uh, um, 
what appears to be, you know, human military and extraterrestrials, that uh, uh, there is, you know, possibly some evidence that there is some kind of social conditioning program going on, or, or uh, maybe uh, an, uh, an experiment to see how people would react if confronted with a really, uh, you know, a mind-blowing experience like uh, uh, being abducted by extraterrestrials. So, you know, I mean, listen to what, uh, you know, people are telling you, but don't just automatically believe or disbelieve uh, what they're saying without doing the, uh, the the proper background research first. Sure. Okay, well, I think this is probably not too early to take our mid-show break. At this point, you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno, and today our special guest co-host Tim Swartz on WON 1240 AM and 99.5 FM in New England's beautiful Blackstone River Valley. We'll be right back with more Open Lines. The night is alive. Join us and take a walk on the weird side when you tune in to The Kingdom of Nye, hosted by Heather Wade, the finest in late night talk. Listen live free weeknights starting at 9 p.m. Pacific time at thekingdomofnigh.com, talkstreamlive.com, and the Paranormal Radio app. Wanna take a ride? Okay, welcome back to WON Radio and Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Today with Tim Swartz sitting in for Ben. I want to spend some time now on one of the questionnaires that has come in lately, uh, a case that sounds very interesting. So, Tim, uh, take all this in and uh, let, it, let me know what you think about this. All right. Uh, okay, then the question is, please describe your experience in, in detail. Uh, my wife and two of my kids said they've seen you. This is from from Connecticut, by the way. My wife and two of my kids said they've seen shadows and I've had other experiences also, security alarms going off, but we don't have, have have service for security. That's a good one. Wife woke up in the middle of the night saying someone whispering in her ear, but I was asleep and no one was in the room. I saw things a few times. Uh, wife's grandmother, uh, daughter woke up with bruises on arm. Yeah, I guess wife, grandmother, and daughter. Um, what was the time? 3.30 a.m. What was the weather like? Clear and calm. What were your impressions or feelings? I was afraid. I felt threatened. I felt in immediate danger. Uh, in whatever, if whatever you experienced reacted to your response above, please describe that reaction. Uh, one time we were watching TV and a paranormal show. My wife was saying something about it. Then I started talking about Christ. Then the TV went off. And then I said, demons don't belong in my home in the name of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And the TV went back on. Uh, I had uh, other but similar impressions. Okay, other witnesses. Uh, I was alone when this experience took place. Then there was another person with me. There, oh, I think I'm reading the, okay. In other words, I guess a number of people have had experiences here. Uh, if you were with others, please describe their reaction. Uh, we all looked at each other and said, did you see that? In other witnesses um, section, I uh, answered like that per events happened to wife, grandmother, daughters, and myself. I wasn't answering for just me. So he's stressing that this happened to other people. And uh, one of the questions, uh, have you had other paranormal experiences during your life? Uh, I have had other paranormal experiences in my life that could be considered uh, such. Um, and uh, I said he was interested in the paranormal before his experience. He considers himself a person of faith. 
Now, one of the, one of the most interesting things uh, here to me, uh, Tim, is that uh, we have uh, multiple witnesses to things that, that are that are going on. I'm going to be speaking with this gentleman this evening, and this is the first. This is the, really the most I know about it is from this questionnaire. Um, in a way, it sounds kind of um, uh, not an unusual case, but there's something about it because of the fear uh, that the family apparently is under that makes me concerned. What say you, Tim? Oh, definitely. Um, these kinds of um, you know whatever you'd want, you know weird encounters, hauntings, you know in in a house really does seem, uh, in my opinion to uh, try to elicit as much fear as possible. You know, early on, before there is a lot of, you know, energy, you know, involved, you have uh, minor events, you know, knocks on the wall, furniture, you know, uh, light furniture being moved around, things, you know, disappearing, the the uh, uh, whispers in the ear at night, just just little things, and uh, as... The family's fear grows. It seems to uh, 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 feed this phenomena. The more fear, the more energy. Yeah. The uh, you know, and, and then things will start to escalate. I mean, you know, you'll you will get, uh, and again, especially at night, because this is a time when when we feel that we're the most uh, you know vulnerable. You know, clothing, uh, your your bed clothes being you know ripped off. Uh, Eventually, you know, full-bodied apparitions and and, and things like that. So, uh, you know, I I I really do think that um, you know, as things start to escalate, then uh, more and more energy is being used, and and more power, I suppose. (laughs) You know, more you know, more energy is given to whatever. Entity entities, you know, are, are are being involved here. You know, a lot of times in situations like this, uh, you know, a lot of people who aren't really that interested in the paranormal or supernatural or really don't have any strong religious convictions will tend to kind of ignore. Oh well, there must be you know like a a, a simple explanation, and then the phenomena decreases and then disappears but i think that you know somebody who has had previous experiences along these lines you know have read up a lot and watched a lot of you know reality television or have strong religious convictions uh, really do help feed this phenomena and it'll just continue to escalate yeah i mean i i tend to agree one of the interesting things here and i and i i'll be as i say i'll be speaking with this gentleman tonight and i believe he's listening uh, one of the questions I will ask is, when did all this begin? Okay, you may have had interest in the parallel, you may have had things that happened when you were a kid, but when did this particular uh, series of events begin? And what changed in your life at that time that might have invited in something negative or been feeding it? Now, of course, the caveat here being that a number of criteria have to be examined before you decide this even is paranormal. Okay, because we have things in the initial statement here uh, that, um, you know, someone whispering in your ear when, when you're on the cusp of sleep, in you know, a hypnagogic state or whatever, uh, that happens to me all the time. 
And it's a very common phenomenon. I guess you're very sensitive to all sorts of stimuli at that point, so that, that might be nothing. Uh, on the other hand, people waking up, multiple people waking up with bruises, uh, that, that is a problem, okay. Um, if it was just one person or anything, but this is several, so that's very interesting. And what I find extremely interesting in here, you have security alarms going off, but they don't have any security service, if I'm reading this correctly. So, th- mm-hmm. so that's kind of interesting, you know. So, uh, I'll look forward to my conversation with uh, the gentleman tonight and uh, assure him that, that we will do what we can to uh, attempt to get to the bottom of this and to uh, sort of um, avert any uh, fear or danger that he may, he may have. And uh, he lives uh, close enough to uh, where Ben and I are that we, we will probably be able to visit the site, which is an important fact. I mean, we, we get. People writing to us from all over the world, you know, you know, we can't just jump on our Gulf Stream and zip off to New Zealand or, you know, to uh, handle cases, unfortunately. So, uh, but this one, uh, we will, uh, with the permission of the gentleman, uh, keep you informed on, uh, every, everyone in the audience. So, um, and we ask you certainly to, uh, send out, uh, prayers and good thoughts for this gentleman. Um, and it does raise the question, uh, that came up in, in, as we began the show, uh, Demons, you know, and we're, as we're always saying, these are labels we put on things that happened in the human psyche that, that have imprinted themselves on our, on our consciousness as a, as a species. And, uh, that may not be the explanation. The, the labels are things that we can understand. The realities may be far deeper. And, uh, I think, but when we talk about things like parasites and, and these are uh, these uh, undiscovered science, uh, you know, today's paranormal being tomorrow's science, and things of this kind. I think we're we're trying to make a, a little deeper explanation uh, for these things. So, Tim, what, what do you say about that? Well, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's a matter of of interpretation. Um, you know, does the field mouse look at a hawk as demonic? You know, I mean, this is something mm. that, uh, you know, swoops down out of nowhere, seemingly appearing as if by magic that uh, will, you know, grab you and take you away to another realm and kill you. You know, yeah. uh, you know, if, if, you know, uh, which I think, you know, all, all living things have, have, you know consciousness i mean does the does the mouse you know consider this something you know akin to being supernatural and and demonic so uh, uh you know it 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 seems to me that as as you would you know you know call them paul uh, uh you know there, there are predators parasites that uh, uh exist alongside of us uh, that that feed on our energies and emotions and are more than happy to take on a persona if that will give them more food. So I mean, if if you are of the bent to believe in demons and evil spirits and vocalize that, uh, then sure, it's gonna it's gonna take on that role. Yes. To, to to get as much food as possible from you. So I mean that's why you see it in a lot of poltergeist cases. Uh if if a family 
believe that they are being visited by evil spirits, or if you have an investigator come in, an irresponsible investigator come in and say, oh my gosh, you know, this house is full of evil spirits, then all of a sudden, you know, if you've got, you know, crosses on the wall, they'll, they'll turn up upside down, 666 will be scrawled on the walls, you know, Bibles will be torn apart. Isn't that funny? You know, it just, uh, it, it, it's all too, the phenomena is all too willing to uh, uh, to to play that part to the hilt, and as long as you continue feeding it, then it's just going to keep uh, you know it's just going to keep going and escalating the the situation. Yeah, that, well, that's certainly our experience. Uh, mm-hmm. Now uh, back to uh, a question from uh, Peter in Bogota, uh, based on the contents of the book review, and this refers again to the to the alleged underground base of Dulce, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Uh, one chapter suggests there is a big screen Dulcie movie in the works. Is that true? Well, as in uh, you know, any kind of movie developments, uh, at 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 one time, as uh, uh, we were initially writing this book, there were several, I guess, uh, uh, options that had been taken out by uh, a, a couple of studios and uh, uh, scripts. Uh, were being uh, uh, written for for development. At this point, I have not heard of uh, of any progress uh, with these, uh, because as you well know, I mean, when when it comes to Hollywood, uh, they will buy uh, options for books. They'll they'll write an initial script and then you know try to uh, to get a studio uh, interested or funding available to actually go into production and then oftentimes uh, that's as far as it goes so at this point like i said uh, there has been some options that have been taken out on uh, doing a dulce movie uh, but um, if if something ever does Go into production and actually, you know, make it to the theaters or on streaming. Probably it's not going to end up being, um, oh, <laughs> what's, what's, what's a kind word to use here, Paul? It, it's not going to be exactly what, uh, 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 uh you know, allegedly reality on, on these situations will end up, you know, being Hollywood. It's going to go for, the most uh, exploitive plot line that they possibly could. Okay. So, I mean, you know, don't don't go, you know, if something like this comes out, don't go and 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 watch it expecting that it's going to be a uh, a tell-all reality on what may be going on, you know, in these secret underground bases. Okay, don't expect NPR quality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. Well, we have a caller <laughs> and uh hello, uh, you're on WOON and Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Tim. Yes, hi. Hi. I have a question. Um, it's about, um, I have a relative that is struggling with, um, I don't know if it's maybe something mental, men- mentally ill, or uh, this person swears that she's being raped everywhere she goes. Okay. No um, matter where she goes to live, she's being beat up and raped. Now, you know, it, it's a fine line between that for her. Yeah. 
um, uh, by entities of some kind? She believes that. All right. Well, um, it's it's certainly all, all medical and psychiatric uh, ducks, so to speak, have to be dealt with before you even approach uh, a paranormal explanation for this. There are there are all sorts of psychoses and conditions that that could account for something like this. How I mean, do you decide for that? Well, you usually deal with medical professionals. She has, okay. and they don't want to hear her. They don't want to hear her. They uh, don't want to hear her explanation. If you if you can email uh, me, I can send you information on a professional or two who would listen to her. Okay. She, she's really tormented. Yes, it, obviously. Yeah. But um, I would say um, I can suggest yeah. people for her to speak with. Uh, neither Tim nor I have have the competence to, in medically speaking or professionally speaking, to deal with the initial uh, points of that. We can give some advice, uh, just you know, to, to deal with some professionals whom I can suggest. Okay, who who might trust and who are good and who will listen. Uh, when I was in the seminary, I was um, doing pastoral work as we did as part of our training at psychiatric hospitals, and I saw paranormal factors intertwined with psychiatric issues. Right, right. and right. that that's another possibility. So. I mean, just uh, speaking off the cuff here, not knowing anything about it, I would say drop me an email, paul at behindtheparanormal.com, and we can uh, take it a little further. Yeah, it's a deep question, but... Um, yes. It, it, this poor girl is, is suffering, and she, she also, you know, throughout her life has dealt with paranormal. Yeah. Uh, Tim, any thoughts here? Now, you know, struggling really bad with that. Yes, I've seen a lot of people suffering mm-hmm. through things. Uh, Tim, Tim, what are your thoughts on this? Well, well, they can possess somebody's mind? Well, not without their consent. Right. No. Right. You know, I mean, well, that's what I saw in possession cases. There would be a, a sort of a, a, a tacit consent on the part of the, the alleged possessed person. But, <clears throat> you know. but she is very into paranormal. Uh, so paranormal she, or occult? Does she paranormal. do Ouija boards and stuff, or, or is she just no, no, interested? Paranormal, in her belief in it. Okay, but she doesn't practice. Uh, a cult. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, all right, well, that, that's an important distinction. Uh, why don't we let Tim get in here and, with his thoughts? Well, I know, I think you bring up a good point that, uh, uh, you know, that there, there, there have been and, and will continue to be situations where somebody is having, you know, um, uh, mental difficulties as well as having uh, uh, paranormal issues as well. And unfortunately, when you uh, approach uh, mental health experts with this and bring up the paranormal aspect, then you're immediately shut down. And and you know, I've I have seen I have seen some doctors just totally dismiss uh, a, a patient without trying to do then anything to help That's them. That's what I'm wondering. 
happen way too often, no matter where she goes, she's claiming there's somebody after her. Now, that that's my question. How do you decipher? And the me- medical doctors are, are saying it's her mind. Well, as Ben would say, you take it baby steps, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we, I know psychotherapists who are MDs, fully qualified, who deal with this and who accept the possibilities of paranormal things going on. I have had some psychiatric social workers tell me that I'm more skeptical than they are because they've seen these things. <laughs> so uh, I say once again, I suggest you drop me an email. Can you do that? Yes. Uh, uh, what do I need to send you? Uh, just send me. All I'll need is your email address. Send me that, and I'll have your email address, and I can send you the name, the names of doctors uh, who uh, are good. They're not necessarily. Uh, now, may I ask where you, where you live? Do you live in Rhode Island or somewhere else? It, it's the Cumberland area. I'm sorry. It's in the Cumberland. Area. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well. Um, there's nobody local, but you, you know, today you can deal with people by by phone or whatever, and they can steer you to us. The, the, the closest one I know was in Maine, but not. Uh, but this can be this can be dealt with. Help can be obtained. So I'd say drop a drop an email to me at paul at behindtheparanormal dot com, and I will res, I will respond with some uh, suggestions. Okay. Well, I appreciate that, and okay, well, you know she's been struggling with this for years. Of course, and well, no, nobody believes her. I know. And, seen and, it a lot of times. Seen, seen it very often. Well, thank you for calling in, and I look forward to your email. Thank you. Enjoy your show. Okay. Thank you. All right. Bye. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's uh, a that's a that's a tough situation. It's very tough, you know, to to deal to deal with, you know, and and you know, it's it's hard finding somebody. Uh, you know, a doctor who you know, will listen to you when you know yeah. you have you know experiences like this. Yeah. On the other hand, I've I run into um, the, the the three groups who see paranormal events like this uh, most frequently are psychiatrists and psychologists, police officers, and clergy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and very often, they don't know what to do about it. Okay. Right. Uh, I've had the Woonsocket police call me in, uh, not for a long time now, but some years ago on a case or two, and because they didn't know how to deal with it. So uh, we'll help this this poor lady as best we can. Mm-hmm. So let's, uh, we might as well finish up uh, one of Peter's uh, questions here, his final one. Did you, meaning you, Tim, and mm-hmm. Tim Beckley, ever consider producing paranormal-themed comic books <laughs> on a lighter note from what we've been talking about? We we actually did we uh, uh, we we had looked into at one point uh, doing a graphic novel based on uh, my book The Lost Journals of Nikola Tesla, uh, uh, but uh, we, uh, uh, we you know we wrote some uh, wrote out some script ideas and actually went and uh, looked for a, a, a good graphic artist to. Uh, you know, draw us up some some samples, but we could never. We try we tried shipping it around 
to uh, some of the other uh, uh, publishers who you know knew the ins and outs of of you know graphic novels and could never really interest anybody else. And you have to remember this was in the early two thousands before interest in uh, Nikola Tesla uh, uh, took off. Uh, now probably. Ten year, you know, ten five years ago, uh, we probably could have been more successful in in doing that. But at the time, I guess that we were just a little bit uh, uh, ahead of our time. And now, you know, it's uh, you know, other people have beat us <laughs> beat us to the punch. So yeah, yeah, yeah it was unfortunate, you know, because it it, it would have it really would have been a a great idea if we had just you know managed to connect with the right people that early on. Well, one of the uh, one of our dear friends of the show was uh, Michael Mitchell of mm. Mitchell Comics in New Hampshire, mm. and I should have introduced you to because that might have worked. Uh, Michael yep. uh, translated, as we say, a few years ago, uh, but uh, it was always uh, you knew you had made it in the New England paranormal world if Michael turned you into a cartoon character. You know, and uh, Alexander Petikoff, a lot of our friends uh, get into his. Uh, we, we never made it, uh, uh, but maybe we would have by now. But in any case, I think we've uh, got time for maybe one more quick question. Okay, here's the shortest one I can find. This is from Doug in Newport, Wales. Do you know anything about the Ruskington Horror in Lincolnshire, England? Uh, um, I know a little bit about it. Do you, Tim? No, I don't. That's a new okay. one to me. And and I may know it, but I just, you know, don't don't know the name. <laughs> okay, well, actually, I've looked into this because uh, I, I have friends over there who have told me about it. Uh, Lincolnshire, England, uh, the, near this area of Ruskington, uh, there's a road, and people will often see a face late at night in their car windows, you know, very creepy, uh, sometimes it's fog, excuse me, foggy, sometimes not. And, uh, it, um, will be a very, um, uh, usually an angry face, uh, rather Mediterranean in look. Uh, no body is seen. Sometimes the faces of different sizes. And, uh, you, you know, my, uh, sense of humor, Tim, uh, I, I always kind of look at this kind of on the bright side. They usually mention that they're exceeding the speed limit. <laughs> when this happened, and so I'm thinking, this is this is uh, obviously the the uh, some facet of of some uh, police officer expressing uh, disapprobation at the uh, heavy foot uh, that may be uh, exercising the uh, the vehicle here. So, uh, but be that as it may, it is very disconcerting. A number of people have experienced it, I believe, since the 1920s or so. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what would that sort of thing be? Um, England is full of black dogs, UK in general, full of black dogs and strange apparitions of that kind. And how would you explain that from from the multiverse point of view? Um, I would like to look into it further. I mean, it could be, I don't think we can dismiss the notion that people are projecting uh, these things themselves. Uh, I don't know. Certainly in Rhode Island, nobody feels guilty for uh, exceeding the speed limit, which is sort of a polite <laughs> suggestion uh, rather than, than a law. And uh, I, I don't know. It just it seems as though it might be projected. We've sort of done some uh, looking into uh, the changes in temperature in, in ghost cases, uh, particularly when these groups go in and say, oh, if you're here, raise the temperature, you know. 
Well, they may be doing that themselves somehow by projecting. Uh, that, that's no uh, harder to believe than a ghost doing it, I don't think. So th- there could be some sort of um, uh, mutual cooperation. I think all paranormal events have uh, some, uh, com- you, know, you, you kind of don't sit there and just have it happen to you. You participate in it. So what do you think about things like that, Tim? Faces well, appearing it, in your car window. Thing <laughs> well, one of the things that I want to know is, uh, is this face like, I mean, like plastered right up against the, uh, you know, the, the, the windshield or are they seeing it, you know, from a distance looking at them, you know, things like that. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's fascinating to me the universal aspect of road app. Apparitions. I mean, you yeah. know, it's uh, this. This is something that you see all over the planet, uh, where people will have uh, uh, you know paranormal experiences with with something on a road. Uh, you know, you've got like the phantom hitchhikers. You know, you you've got the uh, 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 well. I mean, you know, look at all the uh, uh, cryptid sightings that take place with drivers where some uh, you know they'll see some creature running across the road or flying across the road in front of them. Uh, you know, it, it, it's almost like these things are wanting to be seen. So uh, it's 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 an interesting, I think, aspect of. Uh, a human consciousness that we have all of these experiences that seem to take place on roadways and associated with cars, bicycles, uh, uh, carriages. It used to be. I mean, you know, we've got a lot of stories from you know er, uh, before the mechanical era of people on horseback or in carriages having uh, uh, phantoms. Uh, appear in front of them sometimes they would even you know get into the carriage uh, uh with them and you know either just sit there or whisper uh, uh you know like uh, dire warnings like you know harbingers it, it would be also interesting to see if anybody who has had these experiences uh would then have major changes in their life afterwards you yeah. know, all, you well, know sorry like sorry to interrupt him but we're we're out of time so we're oh uh, no we'll, <laughs> we'll start our announcement you'll be back with us in a few months for open lines but uh no yes. more, no more public events for us this year but we look forward to the supernatural bowl uh debate on february 4th at the pine bush ufo and paranormal museum in pine bush new york and to the new england parafest in kittery maine which runs from april 10th to 26th uh, 2022, and we'll provide more information as those dates uh, approach. Now, Tim, tell us where people can find out more about you. Yes, well, they can find all of my books uh, on Amazon, Amazon.com. Uh, just type in Tim R. Schwartz. Uh, I also uh, continue to maintain our old website at conspiracyjournal.com. Uh, uh, all of the uh, weird news and information that they don't want you to know. <laughs> okay, well, you're Ben this week, so what do we have brewing for next week? Just look down on your script. <laughs> uh, well, let's see here. Um, do you want me to say that, uh, you know, check out our books along with our uh, guest Oh, you better, you better get me. right down to the, uh, on December 12th. <laughs> well, on December 12th, our old friend Peter Robbins, a good friend of mine as well, uh, who's a UFO researcher and investigative journalist, uh, will uh, uh, join Paul and Ben to talk about uh, the latest in alleged UFO disclosure from inside the Washington Beltway. And uh, Peter is a, a great guest. You 
shouldn't miss this show at all. Okay. So that's about it for us today. I'm Paul Eno. And I'm Tim Swartz. Thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey. And we'll see you next time on Behind the Paranormal. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the Paranormal with 